We're in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, and uh, we're going to be looking at some things that will help you understand some of the things that Peter said and some of the things that Jeremiah said. It's so wonderful to see how the Bible comes together. I mean, it fits. How many know the Bible fits? Amen? Well, the world's having fits, the Bible fits. Amen. And we thank God for His goodness. We're um, 20th chapter of Revelation, easy to find. It's between the book of Jude and your everlasting future. The last book in your New Testament, chapter 20. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read the last few verses, beginning with verse 11, down to verse 15. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose the face of the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'll draw your attention to verse 11. We're going to talk today about the great white throne. You may be seated. You say, well, why do they call it the great white throne? Because it's great and it's white. Amen. Jesus sits on the throne and that makes it great. Now, in chapter um, 19, after the great tribulation, when Jesus Christ comes in the battle of Armageddon, he will take in verse 20 the beast and the false prophet that wrought miracles, and he'll take them and cast them alive. Both of them, verse 20 says, were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. 1,000 years later, we have the millennial reign, of course, when Jesus comes, and he sets up the kingdoms on, of the nations on the earth, and there's a 1,000 year reign. And Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords over planet earth. King David will sit in Israel as king. Jesus will be king over the entire planet. By the way, he's king over everything. And then after the millennial reign, there will be an uprising because Satan will be let out of his thousand year imprisonment and he'll go out to deceive the nations and people will follow suit and they will join sides with the devil because people are foolish. Without Jesus Christ, there's insanity in their minds. In the millennial reign, you say, well, where do they come from? Well, in the millennial reign, when Jesus Christ comes in the great tribulation, there'll still be people living in earthly bodies like we live in today. There'll still be people that will survive, some of them, through the great tribulation. And Jesus will come and separate the sheep from the goats in Matthew 25. 
and he will allow some to stay and some will be cast away into the fire, the furnace of fire and brimstone. And so there'll be perhaps, I'm just guessing, a million, a couple of million maybe, people that will still be on the earth when Jesus Christ comes and he will set up his kingdom and rule all nations with a rod of iron. That's when the animals will be at peace with each other. That's when the animal, you know, Jesus Christ carries so much peace in his person and in his presence that even the animals will get along. Amen? You know, when church folks don't get along, it just means the church is carnal. It means the church don't have Jesus reigning supreme. Because anytime Jesus reigns supreme, everyone gets along. Amen? And so we thank God for the fact that Jesus Christ is Prince of Peace and Lord of Glory. And he's the almighty God. And he will, in fact, fulfill the scripture that we prayed over and over again. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So after the church is caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air, the great tribulation period takes place on planet earth. We are married to Jesus Christ, the bridegroom. We be in the church, the bride. There'll be a great marriage in heaven. The patriarchs will be there. Abraham, uh, Jacob, and Isaac, and all of those will be there. The Old Testament saints will be there for that great wedding. And we will have at that time as a church what is called the Bema Seat. That's the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is not to determine whether we're saved or lost. That's already been determined at the cross of Calvary. That's already been determined for the born again child of God. The Bema Seed or the judgment seat of Christ is to determine if you foolishly lived for Christ or you wisely lived for Christ. Christians many times will do things that are not proper and they'll be judged for it. Not concerning their eternal destiny, but concerning their rewards in heaven. I don't know about you, but I want some rewards when I get to heaven. You know, when I was a little boy and mom rewarded the kids, my siblings, for working around the house, and I would pout and say, I'm not going to work. And I refused to do anything. And then when it came time for mom to bring out the big old long snicker candy bars, and I didn't get one, it mattered then. It didn't matter when the rest of my siblings were working, but when she started passing out the, the presents, it mattered a great deal. I said, come on, Mom, let me have one. No, Mom wouldn't do it. Because when we understand the principle that God wants us to live for Him, serve Him, and honor Him. Now, so the great white throne judgment, we, the great white throne judgment is a judgment that is not for Christians. It is completely, totally, utterly for the lost. At the great white throne judgment, all the lost from Adam and Eve all the way. Now, don't misunderstand me. I think Adam and Eve got saved. I believe Jesus Christ offered the lamb and they received the blood atonement through Jesus giving them coats of skin. But I know that there was Cain. Boy, wasn't he a rotten fella. And uh, there's other people like, you know, Nimrod and, and the people that escalated to before the flood, all them that died without living for God, without serving God, they'll stand before the great white throne judgment. 
Every person that's not a Christian, that's never been born again, every person that's ever said no to God, refuses to live for God, will stand before the great white throne. You say, well, why will they be standing? Because there's no place to sit. Heaven and earth's going to flee away. There'll be nothing there except you're going to stand before God. And when you stand before a judge, it's not to plea innocence. When you stand before a judge, it is for the judge to grant or to uh, announce sentencing. And that's what this great white throne judgment is, where Jesus Christ will announce sentencing. It's amazing how some people misinterpret the scriptures because we realize that there's a resurrection of the raptured saints, and at the resurrection, the dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and remaining shall be caught up in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. We'll be coming back from heaven as the bride of Christ, and angels will come with us. The Old Testament saints will come with us, and the glory of the Lord will come down. There'll be a great battle, the battle of Armageddon. Jesus will conquer and bring about total peace on the earth. And at that time, there's old saints, the Old Testament saints will be resurrected from the grave. Not, Not their spirit. Spirits can't be resurrected. Spirits don't die. The body is the only one that's resurrected. And so Jesus Christ will resurrect the Old Testament saints. In that process, they will start helping administrate on earth during the millennial reign, the Jewish people. The church will administrate um, as kings and priests on the earth. And so after the millennial reign, there'll be thousands of people that are born under the restraint of Jesus Christ that only serve Jesus because Jesus made them. Uh, Under the restraint of of God's restraints. And because of that, their heart is bad, and they will turn against Jesus Christ, and there will be a great deluge of judgment, and God will send fire out of heaven, as it says here in the uh, Scripture just before um, Revelation chapter uh, 20, verse 11. Actually, verse 9 says, Fire came down out of heaven, and consumed the city, consumed those that were defying the things of the Lord. Now, here's what's interesting. God is getting ready to make a new creation. He's getting ready to remove the materialistic situation on the planet, and he's getting ready to have a meltdown on planet Earth. The question we would ask is, Who is sitting on the throne? Well, we know that Jesus Christ is the one sitting on the throne because Jesus Christ said in John chapter 5, verse 22, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Now, I think there's an interesting scripture in Jeremiah chapter 4. And if you want to go with me to that, I don't know whether I gave it to him on the screen, but... Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 23, or 22 rather, through 28. This is the destruction before God creates a new heaven and a new earth. You'll see a new heaven and a new earth in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. 
But when God sends fire out of heaven and judges and prepares a new heaven and new earth, this is what Jeremiah saw in his vision. Verse 22, for my people is foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children. They have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. He's, he's describing the people that rebel against Jesus in the millennial reign. Verse 23 says, And I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form, void, and the heavens, and they had no light. What does that remind you of? That reminds me of Genesis. In the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was, was without form and void. So we know that in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, God is creating a new creation. After the millennial reign and the people that come against Christ, Christ will create a new heaven and a new earth. We'll see this in chapter 21 in Revelation. Verse 23 of chapter 4 of Jeremiah says, And I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form, void in the heavens, and they had no light, as I said. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved, light, moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities whereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord. And by his fierce anger... For thus hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate, desolate, yet will I not make a full end. For this shall be the, uh, shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black. And because I have spoken it, I have purif- uh, purposed it, and I will not repent, neither will I turn back from it. He's describing preparing to create a new heaven and a new earth. That, this is not at the end of the Great Tribulation. This is at the end of the millennial reign. Now, I want you to notice something that is very interesting. And that is, it says in verse 11, and I saw, this is back in Revelation chapter 20. Verse 11, I saw a great white throne. And him, of course, him is Jesus Christ. That set upon it, from whose the face of the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. What has happened there? Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away, right? But look at um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, and I'm sure many of you read 2 Peter chapter 3 and said, where does this fit in in the rapture? Where does this fit in in the second coming of Christ? Well, it fits in because Peter sees it beyond the millennial reign. Verse 7, chapter 3, 2 Peter. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment, a perdition of ungodly men. Notice verse 10 and 11. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing these things, we ought to, uh, seeing that these things shall be dissolved, 
what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness. So we see Peter talking about not the rapture, not the battle of Armageddon, not the end of the great tribulation. Peter is talking about the end bringing about the day of God, bringing the new heaven and the new earth, chapter 21 and 22. I'm just trying to, you know, put these pieces together so you'll understand. Peter says that everything's going to dissolve. Everything's going to melt with fervent heat. And it will happen when Jesus sits on the great white throne. The Bible says in verse 11, heaven shall flee away. And there was no place for them. That means there was no place for them to hide. Other words, everything is going to be destroyed. Everything's going to be disintegrated. Because God's going to bring great judgment upon earth, and then everything's going to be disintegrated. And God's going to, I guess I would have to say, suspend us in the heavens. Uh, earth will be gone. Uh, the heavens will be gone. They'll be melted with fervent heat. And it says that heaven and earth fled away. So we must be suspended in time. I mean, no, God can do that. There's nothing God cannot do. And obviously, we're going to be suspended in time. Now, let me quickly say, I don't think the church is even going to be there. I believe the church of Jesus Christ will be with God the Father. And I believe that the church of Jesus Christ will probably, you know, I think the church will have to stay in heaven and babysit the angels for a while. Well, God's cleaning up the place. You, see, you thought that I was going to say the angels will babysit the church. No, the, 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 the church is going to babysit the angels for a while. God the Father is going to take care of us. In fact, we're not even going to be around the great white throne judgment. We'll be somewhere else. And God will suspend every living creature above, in a, between heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ will stand uh, will sit on the throne, the great white throne judgment. How many see in this? Isn't this beautiful? It's a time in which Jesus Christ is going to judge the dead. And the Bible says in verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, at this great white throne judgment, it's like a courtroom. And every human being that's ever lived on planet Earth that has died lost, has not accepted the free pardon of sin through the blood of the Lamb, every human being that has never honored God, never gave their lives to God, will stand before God. Jesus Christ will summon them to court. This summons will make everybody appear. In other words, those people who died in the sea, they'll be, they will appear. Those that have been dead for thousands of years, they will appear. They will appear before this great judge, and Jesus is that judge that will judge mankind for, the, for their rejection of the mercy and the grace of God. There's some things about this great white throne jump judgment I want to mention. First of all, I've already said it's for unbelievers. It's not for the church. We've been judged at the cross of Calvary. We've been forgiven through the blood of the Lamb. 
We're not going to stand before God for any sin we've committed other than the fact that it will enter into the judgment seat of Christ for rewards. The great white throne judgment is for unbelievers. It will be like a courtroom. The great white throne judgment will be, there'll be no debate about guilt or innocence. There will be a prosecutor, but no defense. There will be a judge, but no juror. There will be sentencing without appeal. And there will be punishment without parole. Now, I want you to notice something that is coming. God is going to judge every human being that's ever lived on this earth. From the beginning of the time to now to the future. And he'll either, he'll either judge you in the cross of Calvary through the mercy and the grace of God. Or, he, or Jesus Christ will judge you on the great white throne judgment for your rejection of the blood of Christ. For your rejection of the mercy of God. No one, no one has to go to hell. People go to hell because they choose to say, I don't want God. People go to hell because they refuse to live for God. They refuse to accept the blood of Jesus Christ. And as far as God the Father is concerned and the Lord is concerned, you're just walking over the blood of the Lamb. You're trodden it under your feet. You're rejecting it because you think you don't need salvation, don't need the blood of the Lamb. But the Bible says that everything shall melt with fervent heat. Everything will dissolve. And we'll stand, not we, but lost people will stand before God and give an account for their life. In fact, their life will be so bad, in verse 15, that whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is where the beast, the false prophet, and the devil is. By the way, Jesus Christ said that, um, that the angels will be cast into the lake of fire, that those that are vile, demonic angels will be cast into the lake of fire, and it is prepared for the fallen angels. The lake of fire is not prepared for you and I. It's not prepared for the lost. God wants every sinner to come to repentance. That's, what, that's why Peter said that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. So God wants everyone to go to heaven. That brings a conflict with the difference between what is the book of life and what is the Lamb's book of life. Brings a little bit of confusion. Um, I'm convinced, well, let me, let me uh, deal with this first before I get into the um, book of Life, the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, what are the books? Now notice it says, every man is judged. Well, verse 12 says, I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And, then, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which was, which was in them. Otherwise, no matter who went down in war in the ships, no matter who died at sea, God will bring them up. No one's going to hide from Jesus Christ. No one's going to hide from this judgment. It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Everybody's going to be judged. 
And I'm glad that I was judged to the mercy and the blood and the cross of Calvary. I'm glad that I don't have to stand before the throne room of God. I'm glad that I'll have a job while this judgment's going on. I'll get to babysit the angels. I won't be around this lake of fire. You say, well, how could you say you'll babysit the angels? What about Bible Paul says, no, you're not. We shall judge the angels. I didn't know that included babysitting them, but anyway, but that's probably true. Um, I, I'm going to point out some things. The Bible says death and hell were delivered up, delivered up their dead, which were in them, and they were judged every man according to his works, verse 13. Did you know death is going to be dissolved and done away with? Did you know hell is going to be dissolved and done away with? Did you know hell and death is going to be gone? Gone, 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 gone. And part of the great white throne judgment is to do away with death and hell. Everyone will stand before God. Whether you're saved or lost, we stand before God. If we're Christians in God's favor, but everybody will be judged. I'm glad... Death is no longer an issue at this juncture in verse 14. Hell will be cast in the lake of fire, meaning uh, lake of fire will swallow up hell. There'll be no more hell. Uh, it'll be the lake of fire. But the saddest words in this chapter 20 is, whosoever was not found written in the, in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Those are sad words. Now, I guess my question would be, the Bible says that the sea will give up their dead, death and hell will give up their dead, everybody will stand before God, all the lost will stand before God, and then the Bible says the books were open. They stand before God, verse 12, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. I guess the question we need to ask, what are God's books? What books is he talking about? Well, first of all, I believe he's talking about one of those books, the Bible. I believe you have it right here. The Bible is one of those books. So how could you possibly believe that God will judge us by the Bible? Not us. We've already been judged by the Bible, and we turned and believed on it, trust Jesus Christ, and God gave us eternal life. But the lost will finally have to listen to the ultimate King of kings, Lord of lords, and preacher of preachers. The lost will finally have to come to grips with this book. Hello? They may say no to this book. I won't listen to this book. I don't believe in this book. But they'll dead sure believe it when it comes judgment time because they're going to be judged by this book. So give me some scripture for that, okay? Jesus said in John 12, verse 48, He that rejected me receiveth not my words. He that receiveth not my words hath one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. There it is. Then there's a record book. Let me know God keeps good records. There's a record book. Psalm 139, verse 16, thine, thine uh, eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in the book, all my members were written and in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. In other words, before you ever existed, a symbol. Amen? It, it, God in his mind is going to create created all of us. And 
it required some assembling. Hello? God required some assembling. He assembled Adam and Eve. He made, he made uh, Adam out of the dust of the ground, gave him a nose and eyes and hands and legs, and he, and he assembled, and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and he made Adam out of the dust of the ground. Eve required some assembling. God opened up the side of, of Adam. Blood was spilt. Uh, the rib was taken, and Jesus Christ created the most beautiful woman that ever graced the Garden of Eden. It required some assembling. All women require some assembling. Well, all men do too. Don't throw things at me. I always had the guys come in and remove any rotten eggs or tomatoes that's around here. We don't want anybody throwing anything. How many of you require some assembling to be born again? Why? Because the devil has disassembled you. He has defiled you. Notice Psalm 139 says that God saw our substance before it was ever made. God knew what we were. He knew our members. And the Bible says, in thy book are all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned. In other words, <laughs> Jerry was a recipe. I was a recipe. You are a recipe. God, and I don't mean that you're biscuits and gravy, but you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're, God assembled you. He decided if you'd be a boy or a girl, despite what politicians say today. Amen? He decided that Adam would marry Eve, and it would be Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. God decided that you'd be a woman or you'd be a man. And if he decided for you to be a woman, you'd be the best woman you've ever been. Be pretty, be awesome, be intelligent, be lovely, be kind. And if you're a man, be a man. Hello. God decided your, um, how long your arms would be. Decided how long your legs would be. He decided whether you'd come in short or long version. Now, we decide whether we come in fat, squatty, or skinny, but he decides our set decides who our mom and dad was. I mean, I mean, I didn't have a choice who my mom and dad was. God just put me there. Hello? I wouldn't trade my mom or dad for any other mama's mom or dad. I love my mom and dad, but he didn't give me a choice. He just said, yeah, you're going to be an Aikens, and I was an Aikens. Nothing's going to change that. Because my mom and dad come together and God created through the recipe this amazing specimen of life you see up here tonight. You guys, I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you're a little older, you're getting senile. No, I'm not. Hello. Now, I'm going to talk about the book of life in just a little bit in the Lamb's Book of Life, but I, I'm, I'm, I want you to notice that God made us unique. He made us special. And that's why he knew every substance, our, our fingerprint, he knew our heartbeat, he knew our, whether we'd be born, um, what color, what size, what nationality. God chooses all of that. It's not something you choose. 
And, uh, but the world wants to change that, don't they? They want to defy that. But I mean, no, if a man's a man, he'll be a man when, when, he, uh, when he puts on his dress, he's still a man. Can I be any blunter? Well, that's not acceptable in the day we live. I don't give a flip what's acceptable in the day we live. The Bible's true. I could care less what anybody says about it. (laughs) Amen. Now, I believe there's things that we shouldn't say, but I still believe in freedom of speech. I don't care what you say. We should be allowed to say what we want to say, and only the requirements for restrictions on our speech should be governed by God, not by man. Hello. So there's the Bible. There's the record book of what we were made out of, who we are. And then there's the book of remembrance. Notice the book of remembrance in Psalm 56, verse 8. Thou tellest my wanderings, but... Put my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Uh, in, in Psalm 56, verse 8, it says that God knows our troubles. He knows our heartbreaks. He knows our, our, our wonderings. He knows what we've been through, and he knows our tears. He knows what we've been through. And the psalmist said, put my tears in the bottle. Notice it also says, um, are they not in thy book? Isn't that beautiful? Malachi 3.16 says, Then they that feared the Lord shall speak often to one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and thought on his name. Now let me put on the brakes just for a minute, and let's stop and think just for a minute. God never intended for anyone to be hopelessly in despair and go to hell. That was never God's intentions. God doesn't choose some to go to heaven and some to go to hell. God knows what you're made out of. He created you. He knows what you're going through. He knows your trouble. He knows your tears. And you're in his book. And he wants you to be not only in that book of remembrance and not only in the book of record, God wants you in the book of life. And not only does God want you in the book of life, but God wants you in the Lamb's book of life. Isn't that beautiful? At this judgment, there's the book of works. Look at verse 12 of chapter 20. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were, were written within the books according to their what? Works. So lost people are going to be judged according to their sinful works. And I'm not going to go into a detailed study on this, but the degrees of punishment in hell will be very in some degree, with some people. Uh, you know, the old saying, they made their bed, make them lie in it, is pretty much going to be the, that case at the judgment. And uh, there'll be some that will suffer more. 
you know, the guy that had problems drinking and didn't serve Jesus, didn't turn to Jesus, I don't think a just God would put him in the same torment that, he, that Hitler is in. I think there's degrees of punishment. I hate it that there's punishment, but there is. And I'm glad that Jesus Christ took the third degree. He took all the degrees of punishment so that no one would have to suffer any measure of punishment in the lake of fire. Jesus Christ, he has it, if he had it his way, I mean, no, um, the truth is some people do things that God don't have his way on. They choose to, they got a free will. And God wants everybody to receive Christ and come to repentance. But God in the end doesn't want anybody in the lake of fire except the devil and his angels. That's the only people he wants in the lake of fire. But there's still going to be people that's in the lake of fire. Now notice it says they're judged by their works. They'll be judged by every idle word. You'll be judged for your lying. You'll be judged for your cheating. You'll be judged for, and I say you, I'm talking about the lost now, not the Christian. The Christian will be judged, but it'll be a different judgment. And the lost will be judged for their adulterous affairs, their fornication, their wickedness, their hate, everything, every bad thought, every bad word, the lost will be judged for. Why? Because the lost are guilty and will stand guilty before God without any, any uh, uh, plea, without any rescue, because they are totally at the judgment, uh, judgment throne of God, and they have no way to defend themselves because they are guilty. This is not an easy thing to talk about, but I want you to understand that the world will be judged according to their works. In verse 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 12, it says, the book of life. I guess we would ask the question, what is the book of life? Now, I realize in Revelation 13, verse 8, it talks about the life or the book of life that belongs to the Lamb. I realize in Revelation 17, verse 8, it talks about the predestined ones that are already in the book of life and those that would not bow to the beast and the false prophet. And you say, I'm confused. Well, please hear me out because if, you need to understand that it's God's will that the book of life be permeated with the lambs of God, the blood of the lamb, and someone said, well, the book of life and the Lamb's book of life is the same. Can be, could be, is, you and I that are born again. Not for those that are not born again. Those that are not born again are not in the Lamb's book of life, but they are in the book of life and they will be blotted out with no defense and no way to have eternal life. Talks about the blotting out of people's names. Revelation 3, 5. Um, I hope I'm not boring you, but this is real important that we see this. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus is speaking to the church of Sardis. And he says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his, his name before the Father and before his holy angels. Now, that sounds scary, doesn't it? 
That sounds really scary. But I don't think anybody is blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. I believe that Jesus Christ is a victor. And when we are giving our hearts to Jesus Christ, our names are written down. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 22 says that we are to rejoice because our names are written down in heaven. Now, I believe it's God's desire that the book of life be synonymous with the Lamb's book of life. You say, are there two books or are there one? Yeah. God wants to merge the book of life with the Lamb's book of life. You say, well, what if there's one book? Well, if there, you say, there's one book. Let's say the Lamb, Lamb's Book of Life and the Book of Life are the same book. Well, if they're just one book, I want to be in it. And if there's two books, the Book of Life and the Lamb's Book of Life, and there's two of them, I want to be in both of them. You know, we can argue the point, what's what, but I want you to understand it's vague. It's vague. There's some mystery in this about the book of life and the Lamb's book of life. Let me show you some mystery in it. Did you know there's no mention of the Lamb's book of life at the great white throne judgment? Because the Lamb's book of life don't belong there. The Lamb's book of life is not mentioned in the great white throne judgment. The book of life is. We well, say, preacher, aren't they the same? Yes, no, I don't know. I'm going to point out something. I know there's some, there's some sanity to my madness right now. You say, preacher, I don't believe it for a second. Well, let's look at the book of life. Exodus 32, verse 31. Exodus 32, verse, let's look at verse 31, 32, and 33. Exodus. Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin. What did they do? They made, they made a golden calf and worshipped it. And they made them gods of gold. Now notice in verse 32, Yet now, this is Moses speaking to God, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, do you notice that long dash there? How many, do you have a, how many got a Bible there's a long dash there? Now, do you know why there's a long dash there? There's a long dash there because Moses is really hoping and giving God time and giving himself time to put some sanity in this. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope you do. But if not, blot me out, I pray thee out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. That's the book of life. Look at Psalm 69, verse 28. Psalm 69, verse 28. Hey, even if you're not interested in it, say amen. Thank you. What did I say? 69, 28. I'm digging around in this book, and there's no telling what I'll find. I mean, no, that's beautiful. 69, verse 28. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. 
Pretty clear. The psalmist is saying there's a book called the book of the living. Well, doesn't that kind of bring about what we talked about, the book, the record book? When we talked about the record book, God created us with the book of the living. God has kept us all in a book of the living. Now, in this book of the living, God wants this book of the living to become the Lamb's book of life. That's what he wants. That's his desire. And Jesus Christ came to earth and died on the cross of Calvary to take the book of life and convert it into the Lamb's book of life, but that only happens through being born again. That only happens through turning to Jesus Christ. God gave you life, and you're in the book of life. You exist, but Jesus Christ wants to take you from the book of life and turn your life into the Lamb's book of life. He wants the book of life to become one book in your life, the Lamb's book of life. Are there one book? Are there two books? Yes. See, God left it really vague about the Lamb's book of life. You notice it doesn't say the Lamb's book of life a great deal in Revelation. It doesn't say much about it anywhere in the Scriptures. We know that in Revelation chapter, what is it, 20, 21, verse 27, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, we know it mentions the Lamb's book of life in that last verse of chapter 21 of, of Revelation. We know it mentions the book of life or the life, the book of life, which is the lambs, a different wording. So let me bring this to a close because I want you to understand when God created every human being, he created them special, incredible, in the image of God. And because of the fall of Adam, from the time Adam fell into sin, men is no longer created in the image of God. Now they are created in the image of the first Adam. They are made like the first Adam. And they are in the book of life. Everybody that's ever lived on planet Earth has been in the book of life. But if they die and say no to Jesus Christ, their name will be blotted out of the book of life. You see what I'm saying? But what God really wants is he wants the book of life to become the Lamb's book of life in everyone's life. But when no one will turn to the Lamb's book of life or the Lamb that died for the sins of the world, when people refuse the Lamb of God, then there's nothing left but the book of life. And when man dies without the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, then they are blotted out of the book of life and they are cast into the lake of fire. I, I don't know how to explain it any better than what I've explained it. God loves you. He knows your wonderings. He knows your tears. He knows your pain. He, he didn't intend for you to live a life of suffering and, and separation from him. And Jesus come to fix that, that we would have life and life more abundantly in John 10, 10. And Jesus wants to take the book of life, which every human being is in, and he wants to bring you into the Lamb's book of life, so that the book of life and the Lamb's book of life 
will be one. Unless you're one with Christ, you're going to split hell wide open. Just because you exist on planet earth in the book of life don't mean you're going to heaven. You've got to be merged to the blood of Jesus Christ, the land's book of life, and your book of life, your life of working an ordinary job, your life of existing on planet earth, your life of, of the blessing that God gives you is not worth, pardon the statement, not worth a dime until the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life and the book of life, your life, is transferred into the Lamb's book of life and then you can be secure. You know the statement, they were not in the book of life so they were cast in the lake of fire, blotted out. Now, I, you know, I know, well, you know, I'm, Pentecostal, I believe full gospel ministry. Uh, and, you know, I believed in the uh, stubbornness and the free will of man to reject God. But please hear me. Jesus Christ desires for you to not live just in the book of life. He wants you to live in the Lamb's book of life. And if you die without Christ, your name is blotted out. So at the judgment, the great white throne judgment, they will look through the book. And they'll please search the book again. They'll please look and search the book again. And they'll look and they'll come to the place where there's a big old blot. And Jesus will say, that's where your name was. And I think that's one of the greatest horrific punishments of hell is discovering once there you can never get out and it could have been so avoidable. You could, you could avoid it by just turning to Jesus Christ. You could just avoid it. Amen? Do I see a good God I see a good God that gave everybody in this room life. I see a good God that everybody in this room is in the book of life. God made you. He just wrote your name down. If you want to get into predestination, election, and, and uh, all of that, then we'll say that in the land's book of life, we've already been written in there before we were born. You say, explain that. Not going to try because you guys look too tired and mean. Not going to try. All I can say is God knows what he's doing. Amen? And so, have you ever, before you were saved, have you ever thought to yourself, that's a beautiful sunrise? Before you were saved, did you ever look at a sunset and say, that's so beautiful? Before you were saved, did you ever think, you know, I've got the most amazing wife. She's so pretty and so smart. She's so incredible. And you wives say, I've got the most incredible husband. He's a hunk. He's not a chunk. He's a hunk. Amen? You think of your wife. She's not a, you know, she's not a, um, a Phyllis Diller. She's a Marilyn Monroe. Amen? You say, well, I'm... I'm not there yet. You will be someday. 
Amen? Just hope you're smart enough to act right. You know, when you think about that, God has been so good to us. Amen? When I walk through a grocery store, I rejoice in all the food that's there. I hate the, the price stickers, but I rejoice in all the food that's there. I think, man, I'm so glad that God didn't just make us all eat spaghetti all the time. Amen? I know you like spaghetti. Anything that you have to baptize with something that tastes better than your glue, it's not that good. Well, I, I'm Italian. Well, I know. If I was an Italian, I'd get rid of that, that dish. I don't like any, I don't like spaghetti. And I realize I'm the only person on planet Earth that don't like spaghetti. I understand that. You don't eat it, then there's two people on planet Earth that don't like spaghetti. There's three don't like spaghetti. I just don't like spaghetti because first you've got to baptize it and make it not be visible instead of looking like a plate of worms. Then you have to attack it, scoop it up, jab at it, cut it, surf it, suck it like a vacuum sweeper. Hello? See, that's one of the things I'm thankful for, that that's not, have, that's not what I have to eat all the time. God's a good God. Amen? He didn't put me in a purgatory spaghetti factory. Amen? And all oh, the different kinds of ice cream. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Ice cream. Awesome. And then you go to the doctor, and he says, lay it off, boy. Just, just push it away. And I look at him and say, you hypocrite. You had ice cream this week, too, didn't you? And he looked at me and said, yeah, I did. I said, yeah, and you're kind of fat, too. I don't get invited to his office that often. But when I do, I get my money's worth. You know, you think about how good God is to us. To give us life. To give us friends. To give us children. To give us a home. To give us the variety of food to eat. The air to breathe. The blessing of God. The goodness of God. It's life. And to say no to the land's book of life is to say no to a future. To say no to the Lamb of God to say no to eternal life. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Josh to come and bring a song. And Someone said the successful way of eating spaghetti is like a vacuum sweeper. Just suck it up. I want to say to everybody in this room, judgment is coming. And I'm glad Jesus came and, you know, he, he cut off, he, he went ahead and he stopped my calamity, the cross of Calvary. But there is going to be millions 
a people that's going to stand before God on judgment day at the great white throne judgment. And they're going to hear the words, depart from me into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. They're going to hear the words that whosoever, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's horrible. It's horrible. But I can't, you know, I can't preach the book of Revelation and not talk about that because God's cleaning up the universe. God's cleaning up the earth. The heaven and earth shall melt with fervent heat. God's cleaning up. He's judging everything. He's putting everything that's foreign to God. He's putting it in the lake of fire. And it's done. And he's getting ready to create a new heaven and new earth in Revelation chapter 21. And then there'll be, you know, them, them third of the angels that fell. They'll all be in the lake of fire. Hello? You say, why a lake of fire? Because in the ages to come, Every time an angel gets his halo just tilted a little bit, God will point down at the lake. Angels will be under restraint. We'll be under the mercy of Jesus Christ, the love of God, the life of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Let's stand. I want to invite you today. Avoid that, that great white throne judgment. Avoid that, that judgment. We all will stand before God. You can't hide in a crematory. You can't hide in the bottom of a sea. You can't hide in the deep and dark grave. You can't hide because all is going to be brought up to appear before Jesus. And heaven and earth shall flee away. And we'll all be in suspension. I think we'll be somewhere else. And I don't even think the Lamb's Book of Life is even at the Great White Throne, Judge, to be honest with you. But I think when we get to heaven, the Book of Life and the Lamb's Book of Life will be the same. said, I don't understand that. Aren't you glad you don't understand everything? Amen? What a blessing. What a wonderful God we serve. Altars open. I want to invite you. Come talk to the Lord.